Welcome to the Sample Chapter Podcast, the show where authors read a sample chapter from one of their books. Here's your host, Jason A. Meiske. Hello, my friends. Welcome to episode 215 of the Sample Chapter Podcast. This is your host, Jason A. Meiske, and uh, we are back this week with a wonderful guest for this episode, a truly remarkable lady in Jane Enright. Jane joins us to discuss her incredible story that led to not only this powerful debut book, but also uh, the new life that she is is living and uh, leading by example. We're going to be hearing all about that and uh, the uh, you know discovering and appreciating the small victories in life, staying positive. Uh, what is OMG? which is not what you think it is, <laughs> but we're going to find out what that is and uh, what that what that means uh, for your everyday life, how you can uh, be living your best life and living with a grateful attitude, spreading kindness, and learning how the past is just a chapter, not the whole book. This is a, a wonderful conversation, and uh, you are you are in for a real treat today. And I cannot wait to get you over to this conversation with Jane Enright. It's coming up here in just a couple of moments. So, hey, uh, last week had a had a unique episode. One, it was it was just me, no guest, no book, no reading, uh, just me recapping my trip to Conquest Fifty Three. Oh, <laughs> Ruby's up to something. Uh, so that was, and it was just a you know short and sweet episode. What did you think of that? How? What did you think of that format? I don't know if that's something I want to continue on a regular basis or just reserve for the uh, rare because, you know, I don't know. It, as nice as it was to just put out a quick episode, it's not what really this show is about. <laughs> so, I don't know. Anyway, what do you think? What do you think of it? But yeah, you know, it's nice. It's nice this week to be back to sharing a new book and a new author. Uh, good to be doing regular interviews once again. And uh, you can look forward to new episodes, uh, you know, on a regular basis here going forward. Uh, I've got a nice little grouping of uh, new interviews in the can. I can't wait to share them with you. Well, uh, let's go ahead and thank our sponsors and friends, starting with the affiliate of the show, Writer's Block Coffee. Uh, they have three delicious flavors, the traditional Writer's Block blend, there's the Deadline Dark, and... Of course, my personal favorite, the Whiskey Barrel Aged Blend. Uh, Three to choose from and two different ways to order. You could order one at a time or you can set it up for automatic shipping each month so you never run out. Don't forget to head on over to writersblockcoffee.com and use coupon code SAMPLECHAPTER for 10% off your order. Or making it even easier, you can just click that link in the show notes, scroll down, click that link and it'll take you right to our special link for it. I also want to thank Scrivener, the number one writing app made for writers by writers. And I, you know, the app that I use every day with my writing. Hey, why don't you check out this advertisement and find out how you can save 20% on the regular desktop version. Jason here. Hey, I wanted to take a moment and tell you about my favorite writing tool, Scrivener. 
Now I know you've heard about Scrivener because their writing software has been embraced by hundreds of thousands of other writers like you and I, from the novice to best-selling novelists. The reason we all use it is because of Scrivener's core concept to bring all the writing tools you use together in a single application. And with tools like automatic backup, character maps, project goals, and let's not forget that amazing corkboard, you can see why I use Scrivener every day. As a bonus for Sample Chapter Podcast listeners, use code CHAPTER for 20% off your desktop version. Scrivener Writing Software, built by writers for writers. Thank you once again to Scrivener. Uh, I also want to thank my friends over at Pop Goes the Culture Network, home to 10 different shows, all of them uh, pretty wildly and unique, but all of them pop culture related. Check out shows like Two Dead's Review, Fanatics and the Fan, The Multiverse of Madness, Alamo Drafthouse, and of course the flagship show Pop Goes the Culture podcast. Uh, those and more are available. Just follow the link in the show notes to, uh, to check them all out. Uh, wonderful shows and one that's sure to tickle your fancy. Hey, you can find all of our podcast friends, sponsors, and affiliates on social media along with us at uh, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. I invite you to follow the show on all those formats as well. Very easy to find. It's just Sample Chapter Podcast. If you are not a social media type person, but you'd like to contact the show, you can do so by emailing me at samplechapterpodcast at gmail.com or leave me a voicemail by calling 660-851-1146 and leave me a good voicemail. I will play that on an upcoming episode. All right, everyone. Well, without further ado, I think it's time to get on over to our interview with the delightful Jane Enrich. Sample Chapter listeners, welcome back. Uh, this week, we have a delightful guest in Jane Enright. Jane is an ordinary person who has survived some extraordinary things, an inspiring and humus, humorous thought leader, author, and speaker. Canadian-based Enright is a former kindergarten teacher, strategic planner, university lecturer, and the founder of My Super Awesome Life, Inc. Jane speaks to audiences seeking answers to overcome a fear of the unknown, Grief, stress, loss, depression, anxiety, stagnation, indecision, sadness, and more. From top executives to stay-at-home moms, Jane is helping audiences throughout North America land butterside up and to find joy after unplanned change. Ladies and gentlemen, help me welcome to the show, Jane Enright. Jason, thank you so much for that enthusiastic welcome. It's an absolute pleasure. You have such an interesting and eclectic uh, program. And uh, before I before I joined you here today, I was listening to some of your previous guests, and I thought, wow, you know, you've you've really got a knack for choosing people, you know, that bring interesting stories to the table. So thank you so much for choosing me to be on your program. I'm honored. Oh, thank you so much. That's very sweet of you to say. And and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm delighted to have you here. And uh, I, I think that's been something I've discovered over time is I, I love hearing stories that stand out and wanting to highlight, uh, you know, those stories. And uh, I, it, it's fun, you know, of course, to get to speak to a celebrity, but 
I, I love getting to talk to authors who have uh, something unique to say and share. And yeah, when I heard about uh, about you, I was oh yeah, I've I've got to speak to Jane because this is this sounds incredible. And butter side up, it's like that just speaks to me on a whole nother level. <laughs> well, we all want to be butter side up, especially now during a pandemic that's turned into an endemic. You know, uh, we've all we've all been butter side down, I think, in our minds for a long time. And that's what I talk about. You know, stuff like a pandemic, we most of us thought it could happen, but many of us thought it never would happen. So put that on top of day to day happenings. You know, the pandemic is change that can change its mind anytime. It's unplanned change on steroids. And that's what happened to me. That's how I came to have my storyline about becoming an author. I'm really a small fish in a big pond. I'm not really, I'm not really <laughs> super famous, but I'm hoping to obviously sell some books and help some people along the way. So that's, I think we're all, all of us have different storylines in our life. And, and that's what I talk about in Butterside, but it's how to start those new storylines after hard, sad stuff happens. Stuff with ending, you know, four letters ending in a T that's not so nice to think about. Well, I, and that, that's, <laughs> that is wonderful. I love your outlook on things and the, uh, the title just grabbed me right off the bat. I knew exactly like, okay, I, I think I know what this is going to be like. It sounds exciting. Yeah. Uh, but tell us a little bit of your journey and, uh, what, uh, what got you wanting to write this? Okay. Thank you. Well, thank you for asking. Um, you know what? I was really pushed in that direction. I never, oftentimes people will say, well, did you always know you wanted to be an author? And I, no, gosh, no. I, you know, I would, I was an avid reader as a child and my mother will tell you at 18 months, you know, she was a, a, a nurse that worked shifts that she'd come home, you know, from the night shift or, you know, wanting to sleep. And I was Miss Chatty Kathy. And so she put books into the crib and I was teaching myself to read, you know, at 18 months, right. Asking mm -hmm. her the words. So I've always been fascinated, I think with communication and language, but really I got pushed in that direction. I had a very unfortunate incident happen in 2017. I got hit in April 7th, 2017 in the head with a volleyball. I was a spectator at a sporting event. And I don't mean like a tap. It was like a, you know, and that right smack in the face. And that changed everything. I was talking for a living. I was facilitating around the world. And after that, I had speech aphasia. I had word finding issues and I couldn't speak properly for a long time. And so the speech pathologist I was working with said, Jane, you know what? This is going to be a serious problem for you if you don't change. If you don't modify what you're doing, you are going to continue to have challenges. So she pushed me to write things down rather than speak because I couldn't remember things. You know, I couldn't remember people's names and still to this day, that's a problem. So I sort of got pushed. That was one of the things that happened that was very unexpected. So out of something very, very sad and hard came something that was very, very good and that's a lot of my writing is I didn't just have one thing that happened. I had three things that happened in quick succession during my most terrible year, a lot of hard, sad stuff. So that was the first thing that happened. So it really kind of sort of changed my path in a very, very interesting way. Yeah. So, so you began writing things down to keep track of it and going from there. At what point did you realize I might have a book here? I, I might have something that people would be interested in. Oh, again, a great question. So I, again, spoiler alert, you know, it's funny, I, I just did a book launch in San Francisco. Um, thank, you know, I'm very grateful for that. I never thought I would be doing that. 
And as an author now, you know, I'm a newbie, you know, an emerging author, and you're supposed to talk about your book, but not everybody wants to know everything. So the best way I can describe it is I had three terrible, awful things, life-altering events. So the first one was a hit to the head. The second one was a fiancé who unfortunately had his own trauma and woke up in a hospital room 10 days later and couldn't remember who I was and couldn't remember who he was. And almost like it was a catastrophic injury and looked at me and said, everybody's so nice here. I can't remember who anyone is, but you're the nicest and the prettiest. And it was like, holy shoot, are you kidding? You know, and looking at me and saying, do I, who are you? Are you a nurse? Do, do you, you know, and then I was, showing him pictures on my iPhone, you know, like for a glimmer of hope here, like, Oh, come on, you know, stop. First of all, I thought, well, maybe he's pulling my leg. Right. Cause he always had a good sense of humor. No joke. You know, I was showing him pictures of the house and travels because we traveled around the world working together and we, you know, love to travel. I live with you. I sleep with you. How old are you? How old am I? How did we meet? Do our parents know, you know, (laughs) childlike questions. So boom, you can imagine. I always say to people when I'm speaking out, what would you do? Mm -hmm. What would you do if that happened to you? I was erased. I was erased like a Zamboni. I'm Canadian. So of course I always like to make, you know, references that are Canadian. Mm -hmm. We're big hockey fans up here and a Zamboni clears the ice. It was like a Zamboni clearing the ice rink. And suddenly I was erased from his life and his life was a race too, because he very successful man, you know, CEO of everything in his own company and uh, a very tenured professor from, you know, very established, uh, very, very high end, uh, well-respected school in the U S couldn't remember who he was or what he did. So that was my second thing. And then the third thing was a tragic loss of a friend who was the best friend of 40 years. So you can imagine all of us in our lives go through, situations where we say why me right why me why is this happening to be hit with just any of those things is pretty serious and when I was hit with all these things I was at the hospital I was going to the hospital every single day with Clayton and because he was in the hospital for 76 days And then subsequently, my friend was there too. And so she walked into an emergency room with abdominal pain and came out with a terminal diagnosis. So you can imagine how challenging those situations are for anyone. And and probably many of your listeners will have already gone through something similar, especially with COVID. You know, we've all experienced loss, you know, on on a very global scale. So dealing with the loss of my career and the loss of my partner, as I know him, you know, as he used to be, and the loss of a friend, that's a very emotional thing. So I started to write dear friends and family emails, but I didn't write them. You know, that's one of the things that actually pushed me in the direction again of writing is because the people that I was sending them to, the friends and family said, you know, Jane, this is, this is very challenging, emotional things that are happening to you but you're telling us in such a way that we actually look forward to them. They're like chapters. Mm -hmm. And that was sort of an aha moment for me. It's like, (laughs) you know, like, Oh gosh, okay. Well, you know, I didn't see that, but they did. 
And it was also that I wanted to write things down because like, I was like Dorian finding Nemo. I couldn't remember anything because of my injury. It was hard for me to remember details. So I thought, gosh, I got to write this down or else how how am I going to explain it to Clayton? How am I going to tell him what happened? Because he didn't, he, to this day, he does not remember his accident. He does not remember what happened to him. And it's actually, it's, it's part of, uh, it's called post-traumatic amnesia. It's your body's way of saying, you know what, this is too difficult for me to process in my brain. So, you know what, I'm just going to let this one go. So nature sometimes takes care of us in ways we can't even imagine. So, yeah. And then it was, it was also some very interesting things, very intuitive things that happened a trip to Italy where I got some intuitive signs. I can, you know, delve into that if you want, but it was a, again, it was a very circuitous, you know, I, I certainly, I didn't go into writing, kicking and screaming, but it was like, okay, you know, after uh, I took one long, big Shavasana after my most terrible year, I traveled uh, with my children, my, my sons to Australia and Fiji and New Zealand and Hawaii for three months. I basically just checked out and said, what am I going to do with my life now? I've lost so much. What am, what am I going to, where am I going to start over? And I uh, decided I was tired of heart and sad. I said, listen, I don't know who's in charge up there but I'm tired of hard and sad. I want a super awesome life. And that's when I got the idea to create a website called my super awesome life to uh, an inspirational website to talk about change, dealing with the unexpected. And this was all before, before COVID, this was in 2019. And then um, unexpectedly uh, had a, had a date with a publisher got matched up on eHarmony (laughs) all places. Who would have, what are the chances of that? I didn't tell him I like to write because I wasn't even writing at that time. Yeah. I, you know, sat down for a coffee with this guy and he said, well, what do you like to do? And I said, well, I like to write. And I said, well, it's kind of, a, I, I said, I didn't mention it on my profile. It was, I was kind of, a, I wasn't even going to bring it up because I thought, well, he's going to think I just sat down for coffee with him to see if I could, you know, yeah. publish something. <laughs> and he said, well, do you have, show me your stuff. Do you, you know, what do you like to write? And I said, well, I just got, I, there's a place called vocal media. So for any of your listeners want, an outlet for their short stories. There's a place called vocal media. I don't know if it's still up and running, but I just had a story accepted and published on vocal media. And I read it, you know, he read it. I I gave it to him on my phone and I I left the table because I was super embarrassed. I thought, well, shoot, what if he doesn't like it? That's, you know, (laughs) and he loved it. I came back. I came, I I grabbed another coffee and I came, I sat down. He had a big grin on his face. He said, after what you told me and after what I read, he said, you need to tell your story. And I said, well, where would I start? How do you write a book? I don't, I've never written a book. I don't know how to do that. And he said, okay, I'm going to tell you this. is If I were you, this is what I'd do. And I never saw that man again. We only had one date, but it turned into a business meeting. I talk about it in the book. And he, he taught me how to write a book in two and a half hours. He said, this is what I would do. So there you go. Wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And so I wrote it. I wrote it in nine months. I took all the emails because I do. I didn't have an outline. You're supposed to. There's a different way. I mean, there's people out there with far more training. I don't have any professional training in writing. I used to get kudos for my writing in business, but I've always been clear and concise. And yeah, it just I thought, okay, I'm going to take my emails and use it as an outline. And I I thought maybe this guy was trying to butter me up. Pardon the pun. (laughs) Maybe he's just trying to get a second date. Right. I took it to a book, a book editor. He said, you've got to find a book editor. So I took it and I said, do you think I, I wrote, a, I wrote a few sample chapters and I showed it to her and I said, do you think I could 
do you think this could be a book? And she said, oh, yes. Oh, yes. So here I am. Here I am. Butterside, I'm Butterside Up. I never would have met you. I never would have become, I don't really think I've become an author. I don't think I would have been in San Francisco this week. I don't think I would be speaking about sudden, rapid, unwanted, unexpected change and how to use humor and uh, a positive attitude to get through it. So here I am. Well, clear and concise, being able to do that will get you a long way as an author to, to do yes, that. Yes, it will. I've, I've, in my writer's group, I, including myself, have written some things that were like, oh my gosh, what, what was I thinking here? This makes no yeah. sense. <laughs> and, and all these experiences happened in less than a year, which kicked off this whole thing and then led you into this. How, how did you, you know, find the way to, the drive to stay positive? Again, a great question. So, I started writing the book. I, I started writing in October, 2019. So this was just as COVID was coming into play. We were learning about it in China and, and, and abroad. Um, so I started writing and again, COVID hit and it was very challenging to stay positive because of course the whole world was you know, falling apart. But again, I saw my experiences when COVID hit, I saw my experiences as almost a dress rehearsal for something like COVID, okay? Because 300, from April 7th, 2017 until April 11th, 2018, when my, my best friend of 40 years, Jen, passed away, I had 365 days of, I don't know what the next five minutes is gonna bring, truly, because there was so many things at play. There was my recovery, there was Clayton's injury and his recovery, there was advocacy, there was my business I was trying to run, I was trying to stay afloat, there was her diagnosis, there was just life. I mean, I'm a parent, I've got, you know, two, you know, sons in their early 20s who were graduating and, you know, life was happening. And I've always been a positive person, I've always been a glass half full person. And when I was reflecting on this, when I started writing, I realized from my marketing, you know, I used to be a strategic planner. What happened is that I was able to sort of step outside of myself and the situation and say, you know what, I'm going to treat this as a project. I'm going to take all my skills and scan this situation and look at the strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. And that may sound very unemotional, but it's a very good way to get not get caught in the weeds, right? Because yeah. When we're, when we're in a loop of sadness, especially loss right now, we've lost, a lot of people have lost their way of living, their sense of connection, their sense of belonging. You know, we're, we're interacting differently. We're maybe a loss of a job, maybe the loss of a loved one, maybe the loss of a relationship. You can very, get very caught up in that internal emotionality. So I learned, I call it my OMG, outside thinking, mindfulness and gratitude by sort of stepping outside the situation, Michael Singer talks about this in The Untethered Soul, if you've ever read his work, is looking at yourself as sitting in the audience rather than in the play itself helps you sort of become a more flexible thinker, more flexible of mind. And it also helps you look for opportunities you never thought would happen, okay? So that was a big, big factor in helping me stay positive because the other thing is taking one day at a time being mindful 
and mindfulness to a lot of people, a lot of people practice mindfulness. They do meditation and yoga, which I do um, regularly and positive affirmation. Louise Hay has been a big factor in my life, big influencer, but they don't really realize why they're doing it. So being very present with, hey, this is happening now. I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, but I can only control and respond rather than react to what's happening today. So that keeps you out of depression, depression about the past and anxiety about the future because we can get caught at fear is a big, big barrier, you know, and we often we're all faced with choices. I had to make a lot of difficult decisions you know, during that year about what direction my life was going to take. And I was also helping others either end their life or begin it again after serious trauma. So being mindful and also being grateful. I've always been a grateful person, a positive person, but looking for the good, looking for the gratitude, looking for my God, I don't know what's going to happen next, but boy, Clayton is not, you know, he's not using a walker anymore. Or he doesn't have a feeding tube in or boy, we just had a great conversation or, you know, my friends that organized the website and brought food to me, you know, meals, and we shared a laugh or two, those moments of joy amidst chaos really, really helped me. And that, so I call it my own OMG outside in thinking mindfulness gratitude is what really helped me stay positive. And it wasn't about being happy all the time. And it's still not, um, Butterside up is not about, hey, being artificially happy. You know, it's that's not that's not what that is or, or OMG for me. It's about emergency preparedness for your mind, you know, savoring those moments. And like I'm talking to you right now, enjoying our conversation immensely, exchanging ideas, because emergency preparedness for your mind, that more flexible mindset and that more grateful attitude and that more optimistic outlook helps you bounce back faster, helps you bounce back. It helps, it's been proven, like Robert Emmons has done a lot of work on this, or so is James Clear and uh, Rick Hansen, uh, PhD, are fabulous examples of how, you know, taking these concepts and pulling them together can really change your life for the better. And I, and I, and Butterside Up, I tried to not just tell readers what was happening to my life, I showed them. So here I am, I've, I mean, a lot of people, you know, I did a, a lot of interviews in the UK on BBC and they, you know, they have different expressions. They'll, they'd say, well, weren't you gobsmacked and, you know, knock you for six. And I said, you, well, yes. I said, but the past is just a chapter, not the whole book. You know, if you let your past define you, you know, what's happened, like I'm divorced or I'm unemployed or you know, I'm widowed or, or whatever. Yes. Be sad about it. Get, you know, deal with it. Acceptance is a huge thing. Accepting the changes happened was huge. Doesn't mean you have to be happy about it, but it opens your mind up. And then, you know, I never would have started thinking, well, shoot, you know what? I don't have any money now. <laughs> I, I lost my, I lost my job because I got hit in the head. I couldn't do what I did anymore. You know, used right. to do, how am I going to make a living? And then somebody's saying, well, you know what? You should write this down. So I gave myself a year and I took, I took my savings. I had what's called in Canada. I'm Canadian, as you noted in the, in the bio. And I took my money and I thought, you know what? I don't know what the next five minutes is going to bring. I could get hit by a bus tomorrow. I'm going to have a super awesome life. I'm going to give myself a year. I'm going to take out enough money out of my savings to try and live and get by. And so I can write full time. 
And that's what I did. I gave myself a year to find a publisher and it happened. And that was a funny story too. That happened very by accident. So. <laughs> oh my gosh. I, I love all of it. I can relate to so much of it. I'm very much a, I, I've always been a very positive person, bouncing back quickly, uh, looking at the bright side, small victories. Like, I yes. know we didn't get everything we wanted, but you know what? We got this one thing. Yeah. Um, you know, that sort of thing. Um, you know, yeah, can't go, can't afford to go to the movies, but you know what? I've got a fishing pole. I'll, uh, <laughs> and that's enjoyable for me, you know, different things. Uh, so I'm always looking at the, uh, the butter side up of, of life, I guess, uh, yes. to, to quote your book there, but, um, uh, real quick again, tell us what does your OMG acronym stand for again? I caught it, I think twice, but I didn't, I didn't get it all together. I want to make sure the audience hears what that means. Thank you for that. Uh, okay, so uh, usually when crisis happens, right, like like a pandemic or chaos happens, or you know, could be an, any one number of things, we tend to say OMG. You know, OMG, what's next? Oh my God! Oh my gosh! Right? That's really our our mind's way. You know, our it's our brain's way of of saying, crying for help. Right? It's like, what are we going to do here? You know, how am I going to get out of this one? So instead of, I always say, instead of saying, oh my gosh, or oh my God, say OMG, outside in thinking, mindfulness, gratitude. So accepting the situation for what it is can, you know, why is that important? Because we have choice. It gives us our power back, right? You can accept that change hap changes happen and, ex and accept and make a choice that you want to try and move forward as positively as possible. You're right. You may not you may not get everything back that you lost, but it may push you or guide you in a different direction to develop new relationships that you never thought you would have or new opportunity, cultivate new opportunities, you know, like a new business or a new line of work or, you know, traveling or, you know, doing something or a new hobby or a career change or going back to school that you never thought would happen. So Outside and outside and thinking is is really helps you navigate the journey. It helps you plan the route, right? It it takes you that it's that big picture, big picture thinking, looking at life through different lens, and saying, you know what? I'm not sure why this happened, but if I was a friend now and I was going to scan my life and figure out what I want, first of all, I always say, if you don't know what you want next, figure out what you don't want. Right. That's how that's how it started for me. I said, I'm tired of hard and sad. I'm not doing this. I can't control what's happened, but I can control how I respond. I can control how I spend my time. I can control what I choose to think about. That's a very liberating experience when you feel that you're getting the short end of the stick all the time. And I did, I thought it, I, as a chapter four, going to the principal's office felt like mm -hmm. I was being punished, right? Yeah. You look for me, many, many people who have been through trauma and grief will tell you, you look for meaning. I chose to look for meaning. I knew I had skills that other people didn't have. I saw that in the hospital. I saw a lot of people that, you know what, there was never a healthcare worker that didn't want to help or do something good, but the resources are just stretched so thin, you know, they couldn't give the kind of care and that's what we're experiencing now all over the world with COVID. Sometimes there's not enough beds. There's not enough ventilators. There's not enough people to help people when they need it the most. So that outside in thinking and that one day at a time approach, it's nothing new. 
you know, AA, Alcoholics Anonymous talks about it all the time, one day at a time. They coined the phrase, you know, and I looked at, I looked at my life as just one day, getting through one day at a time. I don't know what the next five minutes is going to bring. My crystal ball is in the shop. That's another, you know, I tried, and I've always tried to use humor to, to sort of diffuse difficult situations. And that's what Clayton did too. You know, when he woke up and say, said, Hey, I, I live with you. I live here. I must be a lucky son of a bitch. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and I said, well, you are. And here's why, you know, <laughs> and yeah. then we started telling him, you know, about, about our life together. Like we have a super awesome life. This is what, you know, this is what used to happen. Now is everything still super awesome? You know what? Most of the time, but it's that intention of coming, you know, starting the day. I don't know what the next five minutes is going to bring, but I know it's going to be something super awesome. I say that every single day and nine times out of 10 it is. <laughs> I, I love the positivity and, uh, looking for that moment of, of each day of each moment of life that is going to bring some kind of joy in yes. your own life and, and ignoring the moments that are like, eh, yeah, that one wasn't so great, but I yeah. like what's making me smile over here instead. So you got it. And you know what? I, I really believe now we're going through a very, very influential time in our history. Now, a lot of people with COVID, my book's not about COVID, but I do talk about it in the book. A lot of people look at the pandemic as a heart monitor, you know, like spikes, mm, right? Yeah. And getting back to normal. And I'm using that in quotations as I'm talking to you. When things will be better when we get back to normal. How many, how many of you out there listening have heard that? I'm sure you've heard it too, Jason. Sure. A lot of people say, when we get back to normal. But the reality is, is we've had a lot of stuff with four letters ending in a T happen <laughs> in the past three years. Yeah. It's not, everything's not going to be exactly the same as it was. And once we accept that, rather than looking at our life as a sinus rhythm, we look at it as riding the waves, learning how to surf. That's what I call it. And I've actually got a second book, James Jam coming up inspiration to create your super awesome life that's being published November 1st with she writes press it's being released this year so I talk about learning how to surf in Jane's jam and I, I intro it in butter side up but I go into more detail about the how-to you know I introduce the how-to in butter side up I tell you about my story and how OMG changed my life for the better and got me through a lot of tough times but then Jane's jam continues the conversation and gives you more ideas and tips and tricks. So yeah. you can have, you know, you can create your super awesome life. So super awesome is, is very, very subjective. What's super awesome to you may not be super awesome to me, but that's the thing. You, we started our discussion today talking about storylines. Again, we all, we all have the, the power on some level the capability to create fresh new storylines. It's what we choose to think about. It's what we choose to focus our time on. Mm -hmm. It's what we choose. It's the people, it's the company we keep. And once you begin to believe and understand that we don't just find happiness, we create it. You start living your life more intentionally. You're careful what you let into your life, you know, and what you put out. Yeah. Living more purposefully. Yes. You talk about the fishing pole. You know, yeah. that, the, that serenity, that, oh, look at that, <laughs> look at that beautiful brook and, you know, wow, just being out in nature. And I think 
you know, I know here in Canada, boy, we've had a lot of lockdowns. We're, we're not in lockdowns now, but some of our provinces, the whole province, which is equivalent to a state in the U.S., was totally shut down, you know, except for essential services for many, many weeks at a time. That's very challenging. So it forces us to stay connected different ways, like virtually, like we are podcasts, for example, are very, very important. They've become a, the new, um, the new um, sort of media, you know, yep. way, yep. media, you know, uh, mm-hmm. tour de force and media to help us stay connected. You know, like it used to be public radio, right? Right, right. Nash, is it NPR? I, I don't know the acronym, but it used to be NPR. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And it's been interesting to be on this side of it, to have a, an established show when this all happened and all of a sudden like, oh my goodness, there's a lot more people listening than there used to be. <laughs> like, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And lots of opportunities, mm-hmm. lots of opportunities. So I'm be, I'm curious to see what you think is going to be the wave of the future. What do you think is going to happen next? You know, is your, I mean, I, my crystal ball's in the shop. Yeah. Yours might yeah. be too, but if you had, <laughs> if you had to, if you had to anticipate what's next, what do you see for the next year? What do you see for 2022? Oh, you know, um, I'm seeing my wife and I actually were just discussing recently how <clears throat> in this past six months or, well, oh gosh, now it's, we're halfway through the year. So it's been a little bit longer than that now, <laughs> about a year now we've been noticing more, um, I don't know how to word it, uh, friendly programming in, mm-hmm. in television and movies, uh, shows with more heart. Um, yeah. You know, there's, we all, everybody of course loves a, you know, a thriller and something that gets your heart racing, the roller coaster. Uh, yes. But there's also, uh, there's been shows that uh, we have, uh, have stumbled upon. Uh, one of them I can mention is uh, Ghosts. Ghost. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's a television on show uh, on TV, and it it has such heart and yeah. po- politeness. It, it's like another Ted Lasso. It just yes. it has such such good vibes, and yes. uh, you know people are uh, you know they own it when they've done something bad. There's no backstabbing per se, yeah. uh, meanness just to be mean. It's uh, you know all right, you know what well, I'm gonna own that and I apologize, and we're like. Oh my gosh, this is so good to see. Yes. Healthy relationships and that not yes. everybody is mean. And I think we're going to see some more of that coming, or at least I, I hope so anyway. I think it's, I think people are ready to see good things, to see nice things. And I, that's I right. I turning that corner. Yeah. You know, me too. I mean, as Canadians, we often get labeled as being very polite, right? <laughs> <laughs> overly so to a fault you know we're always apologizing for things we've been sort of you know saturday the saturday night lives and the ted lassos would have a field day you know oh i'm sorry did i offend you oh my goodness oh my gosh but um you know i agree like the shows like ghosts and, and the ted lassos they're they're gems and it's funny it's sort of ironic because i don't is it jason Jason Sudeikis, I can't remember the yeah, guy's yeah, name. Yeah, Jason Sudeikis. He hasn't always played the nice guy. Right. right. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. such a dichotomy for him. 
because there was this there was this funny movie um, about it was a heist or something I can't remember the name. again my my memory is not that great sometimes but there was like a heist movie where he was some hitman and he was you know he was the mean guy right he always seems to be the mean guy and now he's the good guy right yeah wouldn't it be super awesome if if art imitates life and all those people that were were the bad guys suddenly turned you know had an about face and said you know what I don't know what the next five minutes is going to bring I couldn't maybe I'm not going to be here tomorrow maybe I maybe I better start doing some good maybe I better start being the nice guy instead of the bad guy right so I I do believe kindness I really believe in the power of kindness um you know what I've seen it transform my life I've met Oh my gosh, so many wonderful, wonderful people along the way that not only helped me with my journey, but also publishing too. And I just, I got to give a shout out to my, uh, my new friend and colleague, uh, Jari Bolander. He's an author. Uh, I think he'd be a great guest for you. He's written seven books. He, he now publishes under the book sparks um, umbrella. I write for she writes oh, yeah. press in California mm-hmm. and he writes for book sparks under the same umbrella now. And he's releasing a memoir in uh, 2023 about his his wife passed away very tragically her name was Jane from leukemia and we just did a in conversation event and same thing he didn't he didn't have to do that you know mm-hmm. he didn't have to say you know what Jane I really believe in the message that you're you know you're uh, putting out there it's just like you you didn't have to have me on the show today so thank you I'm very very grateful for that and it's those believe it or not I talk about it in not only butter side up but Jane's jam being kind and being grateful actually changes your brain chemistry. It releases endorphins. So it's not just the person that's receiving the act of kindness. It's you yourself because you're feeling good, right? You're yeah. feeling it's Yeah. So I try, that's one of living intentionally. I try and do something kind every morning, you know, write a little note to somebody, you know, add a boy, add a girl note, way to go. You know, I like, I like you. I haven't talked to you in a while. How are you doing? Just want to tell you, I'm grateful for you. Or boy, I really loved your work, you know, that book you wrote or, you know, that podcast you did or, you know, mom, I love you. You never know what just a little bit of positivity or kindness, what that can do to change somebody's day. You got it. Because you know what? For a lot of people, they're outside. It could be like, I don't know, as a kid, you know, we call them like Joe Louis uh, up here in Canada. It's like a wagon wheel, you know, the marshmallow cookie where it's hard on the outside, soft on the inside. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, somebody could, my, my dad's a perfect example of that. You know, he can be this really like, you know, stern, like, oh, I'm not doing that, you know, <laughs> but on the inside, he's really a good guy. And people are sometimes like marshmallow cookies. They can be very, very hard shell, but on the inside that, that high, how's it going? Especially now may be the only high, how's it going? Somebody has. So I talk about ways to be kind, like being inclusive, having a family dinner, you know, having a quarantini FaceTime, having a drink, you know, getting a bunch of your friends together when you, if you haven't seen them or you can't see them, you know, uh, in person, if you're, if you're having, you know, a, a quarantine moment or a social distancing moment, social distancing doesn't have to mean social isolation, right? Staying connected, getting involved volunteering, developing new routines and rituals, you know, I agree. those are all, those are all great ways to do it. And, you know, through meeting people and, you know, making yourself available, um, smiling doesn't cost anything. 
<laughs> Holding the door open doesn't cost anything. Being polite doesn't cost, it's, it's all free. It's all free. And you get so much more back. You get so much more back. This is a perfect, we're going to end it right there. That's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh. I agree with you completely. Oh my gosh. And I, I, I could just sit here and just keep talking to you for another couple more hours. Uh, Cause I just, I love everything you're talking about. Uh, but yeah, I'm going to have to, uh, I'm going to have to pick up your book and everybody listening, you got to do the same thing. You got to grab this book, butter side up. It just came out. So it's available right now. Uh, Jane, where can, uh, where can people find and follow you and, and get the book? Again, thanks for the shout out. So they can, they can actually go to my website, janeandwriteauthor.com, find out a little bit about me or my superawesomelife.com where they can find out where to buy the book. I'm available on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Bookshop, Target.com in the US. I'm available at Indigo um, in Canada. And I mean, who thought a little girl from Dundas, I call it Fundas, right? <laughs> would be in all those bookstores, but it's hard to get shelf space, right? So, yeah. you know, go to your local library. That's, that's the greatest gift. That's, that's a pay it forward. You know, if you can't afford to buy a book, go to your local library and say, you know what, I'd really like to read this book, Butterside Up, How I Survived My Most Terrible Year and Created My Super Awesome Life, published by She Writes Press. Ask the librarian to order it in for you, because nine times out of 10, they will, Perfect. right? That's right. Yeah, I'm a big a proponent of libraries, especially now. Get involved with your local library. It's again, it's free. They have all these free talks, you know, mm -hmm. like your podcast, right? Yeah. So, yeah. And but a lot thank of people don't realize that. So that's a great, a great point. Yeah. I'm on Instagram, Jane and write author, Facebook, LinkedIn. And, um, but you, you are super awesome. I could talk to you for hours and I really hope that we're going to stay in touch. I really hope we're going to stay connected. I'm going to, I found a new podcast to listen to and um, I'm just thrilled to be here. And thank you so much for helping me help people understand a little bit more about my journey, my story, and hopefully I can help some other people along the way with theirs. I have no doubt about it on everything you just said, staying in touch and how much you're going to help people. And thank you for being such a delightful guest. It's been wonderful talking to you. And, and likewise, likewise. Okay. Stay super awesome. You too. Ladies and gentlemen, time for me to step aside with my writer's block coffee and enjoy a sample chapter from our guest, Jane Enright. From Butter Side Up. Chapter two. The upside of a race is dot, dot, dot. Everything can change at any moment, suddenly and forever. Paul Austin. I live with you. We live together. Yes, we live together. How old are you? I'm 51. How old am I? I tell him that too. Do we sleep together? Yes, we sleep together. He pauses. Do our parents know that we live together, or that we sleep together, that we sleep together? Yes, my parents know, but your parents are deceased. Behind those kind, tired, pained eyes is a look of wonder, amazement, and downright astonishment. There is astonishment and amazement on my face, too. First, because this is the most conversation Clayton and I have had since his accident. And second, because I am only coming to the realization that after 10 days in the hospital, Clayton still does not know who I am and may never know who I am ever again. If you were reading about this in a textbook, this part of the change process would be entitled Moving Towards Acceptance. Where do we live? I fumble with my iPhone to look for a picture of the house. We live here, I say, pointing at the lovely four bedroom home. We've lived here together for six years. 
I scroll through the pictures of rooms in the house, watching him, hoping for a glimmer of a remembrance or something. He eagerly looks at each picture silently. I talk about our home, our travels together, around the world, children, friends, but there's no recognition, no memory of Clayton and me, period. Like a Zamboni clearing an ice rink in one fell swoop, our life together has been, in a word, erased. Finally, something comes out, not a memory, but something totally unexpected. Wow, I live with you and we live there. I must be a lucky son of a bitch. Now, most people coming out of a semi-coma and realizing that they cannot remember anything about the past six years, let alone their partner, might be distraught, sad, or angry. Not Clayton. He was anything but those things. He was enthusiastic and grateful about his life. In fact, it seemed he had totally skipped the denial part in the change process and gone straight to acceptance. Or so I thought. Acceptance is the first step towards successfully navigating change of any kind, especially rapid, unexpected change. Accepting the change has occurred does not mean you have to like what is happening. Rather, it is the actual willingness to accept change, not resist or deny it. That helps you move forward and shift your perspective towards a more positive mindset. Unfortunately, this was neither mine nor Clayton's first rodeo with head trauma. Dot, dot, dot. To be continued. <laughs> That was Jane Enright reading a sample from her debut book, Butterside Up. And what a great conversation hearing everything that uh, Jane went through and coming out of it with such positivity. Uh, make sure you click the link in the show notes for Jane's website and everywhere you can follow her on social media. Grab a copy of the book for yourself like I'm going to do. And don't forget while you're in the show notes, check out our podcast friends, sponsors and affiliates. And finally, Hit that subscribe button so you don't miss out next week when I'm back with a new author, a new book, and a brand new sample chapter. Take care, everybody. We'll see you again real, real soon.